The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. My next guest made her name after baking her way to stardom on the Great British Bake Off. She's now, since then, has had, of course, a string of TV shows and books behind her, including her new book, Nadia's Everyday Baking. Nadia Sane joins us now. Morning, Nadia. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good. There, there are a few big successful TV show appearances that people describe as life-changing, but you're the actual epitome of that. I assume your life from pre-Bake Off to post-Bake Off couldn't be any more different. Yes, it's definitely polar opposite. Um, my life has changed so much in the last seven years. Kind of, it was so unplanned. It was so unplanned, um, and yet here I am. And you know, I'm love, loving every second of doing a job that does not feel like a job to me. But that's one of the things where you say about it being unplanned. Lots of people win reality shows and lots of people are very popular winners because you had something like 15 million people watching and you were a, a popular favourite when you won the show as well as, as, well as being the, the um, best of the bakers. But that doesn't necessarily convert for the vast majority into being a brand new career. Was it a challenge to navigate your way into that? You know, what? what's really funny about that is that I never, ever attempted to navigate into that. It, just, it was something that just happened, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in allowing things to happen organically. And um, it just happened, and I kind of went with it, and, and, and I found bits that I really, really enjoyed. And, uh, and, and you know, I think um, also it's just, yeah, I, never, I don't know. I think it just kind of organically happened. I had no plans for it to go that way. But I, I ended up doing things that I really love, like writing cookbooks and travelogues and, and doing my own cookery show. And, and, and you know, it turned out that I was actually quite okay at it. And cooking the Queen's 90th birthday cake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a big one because I thought to myself, this is a, a hoax. This has got to be some sort of a prank show and somebody is making a fool out of me. And... um. And there I was baking a uh, a cake for the Queen, which uh, never ever expected to do anything like it. To what extent do they give you a brief when you're baking for the Queen, or do they just say, "Ah, you know, her Majesty's pretty flexible; just lash away, do whatever you like"? Um, no, uh, you, you don't actually get a brief at all. I didn't get a brief to say that it has to be a specific thing or like a specific shape or a flavour. Nothing. Uh, all I got was. Please don't make a fruitcake because obviously the Queen has in the past had to cut through fruitcake and fruitcake is quite hard to cut through. And um, so they said no fruitcake. Apart from that, I had complete creative control. So how did you decide? Oh, well, I'd done, in the final of Bake Off, I'd done a lemon drizzle for Mary Berry and um, I, 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 I decided like every good grown-up, I consulted my four-year-old at the time <laughs> and, um, and said, what do you think I should do for the Queen? And, and she said, oh, I think you should do an orange drizzle. And then, and uh, so she said, I th- she said, you've done um, lemon drizzle for the uh, for Mary Berry, so I think you should do an orange drizzle for the Queen. So that's why I did. And how do you know if it went down well? Did you get to actually see if the Queen ate any of it? Well, I tasted a little bit. Can I say it was delicious? <laughs> um, and uh, I, I don't, I don't know, but rumor has it that she took the top tier home, and. I don't know if that's true, but I do know that the Obamas were over the following day. So maybe with the Queen's love of Tupperware, maybe she had some stashed away and some Tupperware and she whipped it out to the above, for the Obamas. Oh, yeah. I think we can all subscribe to that belief, Nadia. Let, let, yeah, let's, yeah, it's yeah, too good to not. Yeah, let's just pretend like that's what happened. 
So when you look over the seven-year period then since Bake Off, do you find yourself thinking, I had better reinvent myself? I think about Jamie Oliver and becoming a campaigner for um, food in schools and, and for prisoners learning to cook and all of that. Or are you wary of moving away from that that you're associated with? I, I, like I said, I'm a very organic person and I think um, change uh, within myself as a person will only come naturally and I will only ever do something that feels right to me. Um, I'm not, you know, I love what I do and, I, I, and I'm so grateful that I get to do a job that doesn't feel like a job every single day. Um, uh, but I will do things that I'm passionate about and I will, I will work with charities that I know are close to my heart and things that um, that I really want to do. So I think that kind of um, that change, that kind of uh, that that um, word I'm looking for, that kind of um, movement into different areas, it should it, it comes naturally. It comes as in when it should. When you say it doesn't feel like a job, I assume though when you have to sit down and come up with a new cookbook, and you're faced into coming up with. 20 or 25 original recipes, doing the, the preparation of all of them, doing the photography, doing the promotion, that has to begin to feel a little like work, no? No, it really doesn't. And, and you say 20, 25, more like 100. Um, uh, yeah, it does not feel like it. Honestly, I had such a good time. And I'm lucky because all of my recipes start at home. So I get to be at home, uh, you know, see the kids, get the kids fed, you know, do laundry. I love doing that. I love being at home, being able to do laundry and then doing a test and a recipe and then going out for a walk and then going to see my sister. It's just, it's just, no, it still feels like fun. (laughs) And you don't worry that your family ends up living on a constant diet of cake for breakfast, lunch and dinner, no? Oh, I mean, they do, but I send them out on the bike. (laughs) <laughs> the end of the day. Yeah, so get out, go and do a couple of miles and come back and have some more cake. And Nadia, what did you do before Bake Off? What line of work were you in? I was actually a housewife. I was a stay-at-home mum and at the time I was studying to become a social worker. So I was uh, putting myself through university and, and studying to become a social worker. So which um, yeah, so I, I got my degree in um, childhood and youth studies and that's something that if this doesn't work out, I you know, I can become a social worker. <laughs> it must have been some cultural shock to go from working within the home all day, every day, being with the kids all day, every day, to having a constant pressure to be out. Because I assume particularly at the early stages after Bake Off, you were hugely in demand for TV appearances, for creating your own shows and cookbooks and all the rest of it, which would have made the time with the family very few and far between. Yeah, I mean, after eight years of being at home with the kids, uh, Certainly the first year was a breath of fresh air. I was like, wow, I can do other stuff apart from being at home with the kids. It was wonderful. Um, but I think over the last seven years, we've definitely struck a good balance between working all the time and not working at all, where, you know, I quickly do not work at weekends unless I definitely, definitely have to. Um, I Yeah, so I've, I'm quite strict about the time I spend doing work. I'm very good at kind of, I've created an office space where I am in my office from nine to five, come out for breaks, come out for lunch. And, and, and so I've created an atmosphere where I can work but still maintain a good balance of family life. So, yeah, I'm definitely at that end of my career where I can prioritise better. Has it changed you? No. You know what? I, I, I mean, I suppose maybe somebody else should answer that question because I could very easily say it has or it hasn't. But it... Um, I don't 
think it has because I think that it's funny because I still go to my sister's house who um, will pick up a pile of dishes even though she has a dishwasher and she makes me do her dishes. And she said, that's me, that's her keeping my feet on the ground. Um, so I was like, all right, listen, I'll do your dishes. I don't mind. But yeah, I think um, I grew up in a family. It's quite humbling to grow up in a family where my job is just a job. It's not any more special than my sister who works at a pharmacy or my sister who works, who teaches. You know, like my job is no more important than anybody else's. And that is humbling. And I'm very lucky to grow up in a family where I am just seen as everybody else. And I, I love that. I remember years ago uh, hearing a, a newspaper editor commissioning a story and saying that the, the journalists had to go and interview famous people. And just before they left, they said, now, and let me be clear, I mean television famous. Because there's two kinds of famous. There's the famous where you're, you're sort of known generally in the media, but there's the famous where you've been in people's sitting rooms, where you're a regular feature on national TV. You, you had 15 million eyeballs and millions more on subsequent programmes. That has to change how your world operates. I mean, you, I assume you go outside now into any uh, town or village, people recognise you. Yeah, I mean, I was on holiday with my kids in Morocco and I had people following me and recognise me on the Atlas Mountains. So, you know, I, I, it, it happens. Absolutely, it's a big part of my life now. Um, and I, try, I take it in my stride. You know, there are, when I'm with my kids, when people ask for photos, I say absolutely not because I'm with my children and they need that time. Uh, to be just theirs. Um, but, you know, of course, it changes you to some extent. But I think for me, you know, I uh, <laughs> um, I have to remember my roots and remember where I've come from and remember how hard everybody in my family's worked. And that's really important. Um, uh, but, you know, it's great to be able to do a job I love, to have financial stability and to be able to publish these amazing books. I remember you you reading about you saying that you kept aside, I think you said it was a minimum of £2,000 as departure money, that if if push came to the show and you you always wanted to have a float of available money. Do you still keep money aside? And if so, what's the amount now? Um, Yeah, everyone should have running away money. And um, the amount isn't very high at the moment because I'm very, very... Um, very impulsive and I'll buy things without even thinking about it. But um, everybody should have a little bit of running away, running away money. You never know when you're going to need it. And how does your family take to the notion that, that you have a stockpile that you may use to leave them at any moment? They, they're not shocked because they all have running away money. Everyone has it. You mentioned the cookbooks. The uh, most recent one is Nadia's Everyday Baking. Tell us about it. It's uh, it's a book uh, about baking and making the oven do all of the work. And, and there are meals in there from weeknight meals to celebration bakes uh, to um, breakfast, lunch, dinner. There is something in there for everybody for any time of day uh, where you can bake, roast, stew in the oven. Are are there any dishes that still intimidate you? Do you ever, do, does the thought of a souffle strike any fear in your heart? Or at this stage, are you so seasoned as a baker that you can do anything with total confidence? Um, yes, souffles don't scare me as much as they did on Bake Off. So that's a really good place to be in my head. Um, but I think as a baker, you know, there's no such thing as knowing everything. As a cook, there's no such, you can't know everything. There are so many cuisines and so many different techniques that nobody can ever know everything. What I love about being a cook, what I love about being a baker is that I'm always learning. 
uh, and I always love, I love not knowing how to do something and then learning how to do it. Um, and that, that for me is the joy of doing what I do is that I get to travel, I get to learn new techniques, new ingredients and meet amazing people. And, you know, and I always, and I love making my own versions of those things that I learn. What's the most unusual technique you've seen from a different culture? Um, when I was in Nepal, um, I was, uh, I, there was a family who made yogurt and, uh, and it was, I'd seen this technique before in Bangladesh, but they basically, basically what they said was they put the yogurt to bed. They have a particular temperature and the only way to keep the temperature, um, exactly as it should be is where you, you kind of embed these pots of milk into rice, but uncooked rice, and then you put duvets on top of it, and then you and then this yogurt is formed after a few days. I really just found that fascinating because there was no fridge, there was no thermometer, they just knew. And I love that. Like this bed of rice that kept the temperature perfect in order to make some yogurt after a few days. It's amazing. I tell you what, the, the first time you tried that, you'd want to be confident, wouldn't you? Extracting some product that has sat quietly in rice in a duvet for three days and putting a spoon into it. <laughs> I am I am game when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've got a stomach of steel. <laughs> fair, fair play, Nettie. Listen, one thing I want to ask you before I let you go, and it relates to Bake Off. Every time I watch it, I think, if if you're a good home baker, you learn your oven. You know it's little hot spots, it's cold spots. You know whether it wants to be top heating or bottom heating. You know how much it lies to you in either direction about its temperature. How can you replicate what you do at home in an oven that you are new to? It is really, really difficult. I I went in with confidence because the ovens in Bake Off were amazing compared to my dodgy knackered oven at home. <laughs> so I was like, if anything, this is going to transform my bake, so let's go for it. So I was, I was feeling positive. Well, there you go. It's good to have that that inside tip into how to be a good baker. Make sure your oven at home is dodgy and knackered so you have to hone your skills. <laughs> Nadia, thank you so much for coming on this morning. Nadia's new book is Nadia's Everyday Baking. That is Nadia Hussein. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.